0: Every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students, to belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this.
1: Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's mikefalkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. Thanks for joining us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the Latest episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mike Falkenstein, together again with my co host, uh, Ken Watmore. And uh, I think, Ken, we've got a fun episode. We have each, over the last uh, couple of weeks, had a maybe what you'd call sort of a missions experience or, you know, great commission type uh, experience. And so I'm
2: excited to talk about that. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, absolutely, doing great. It's we have great weather. We have uh, a lot going on, and as this airs, yeah. people will know it's a. I mean, it's a week of Thanksgiving. That's right. Uh, so we have uh, family and fun and lots of food and all that. This cool stuff is happening all at once. That's, That's right. right. It's a yeah. fun
1: time of the year, and <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it really is, and uh, yeah, it's been fun. So. As some of you know, uh, listeners, that uh, I actually have just come back from a uh, trip into China. and so, But then Ken has just uh, taken his family to a, uh, over the last weekend, had a pretty neat experience down at a kind of a local uh, ministry here in Denver. And so what we thought we would do is talk a little bit about our experiences, kind of how that went for the purpose of kind of giving examples of just, quite frankly, how e- how easy it is to be involved in Great Commission work and in what God's doing. And Ken, I know that you were just down doing kind of a Thanksgiving, kind of a basket thing. Tell us a little bit about kind of the general, sure. kind of what happened and where you were and kind of set the stage.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this kind of goes to a lot of the stuff we've talked about in the past and, um, and how people can get even started. I mean, this is such a baseline, easy outreach type opportunity. And it, you know, it's a, there's a a group called Restoration Outreach here in the Denver area, and they're doing amazing things in their community. Um, They've kind of planted themselves in a community that is a community in need, right? Uh, With Mm -hmm. lots of, lots of people that can use their help, um, people that will seek them out and, and talk to them about spiritual things, right? But, uh, but they use that, that vehicle of Uh, being available and wanting to help as a way to to communicate that. So through our church, who's partnered up with this outreach, uh, our church had a group of people uh, in our kind of our church community that Hmm. uh, decided they were going to go down as a group and help out for this Thanksgiving outreach, which is providing food um, for people who, you know, who could really use some food for Thanksgiving, Um, turkeys and stuffing and, you know, potatoes and all all the, everything you would put on your Thanksgiving plate, they they're providing it and they've been given all kinds of um, food and they have a really great organized system of uh, walking people in the community through this process and, uh, and letting them, you know, get the things that they need, but also providing people there that want to pray with them and want to find out what are their, what are the other needs that they have? So they're, they have this, um, you know, they're, they're bringing everybody that needs food in. And then they're letting them know that they're available for more, right? They're, oh, okay. They're letting them know that, hey, we're not, we're not just giving you food and leaving. We're planted right here in your community, and we're here to help you through other things in life like education and work and uh, your spiritual needs. Um, and, the, and when they have opportunities, um, they're bringing them in to pray with them um, and sharing Christ every, every time they get a chance to share Christ with people, mm. um, and it's an interesting thing. And, and to bring my family down there was a great opportunity for us. We have younger kids. And um, it's for people that are listening that might have younger kids, th- there are opportunities like this in your community, wherever that may be. Yeah, I'm sure there are. Yeah, there's all kinds of outreach, missions, programs that do these kind of things all the time, not just for Thanksgiving. And they are very family-friendly. Um, they're so easy to get involved with. And I think that your kids... And you get to see, wow! I, you know, I really, it is really easy for me to go get involved in missions work and and help be a part of making disciples and introducing people to Jesus, sharing with them in in a way that uh, that we do, we just don't see in our everyday life, right? Yeah, that's yeah.
1: right. So you would kind of call this in the different levels of missions involvement. It's kind of a level one, Absolutely. type deal. Yeah, you yeah. didn't have to travel that far. Um, yeah, it's
2: really an opportunity that uh, if you're open to it, it's going to come to you. You know I mean? It's almost like you don't have to seek it out. Um, it's easy enough to find if you do seek it out, but I mean, even if you're involved in your church at all, like there are places in your church that are doing things like this, um, and if they're not, then they should be, right? But um, right. They, uh, it, we'll talk about that again in a couple weeks. Yeah, that's um, right. But, but uh, y- yeah, you know, it's a, it's a very easy, I'd say, yeah, level one entry point, really great for families, for kids, for people who are new to missions.
1: Okay, so when you arrived uh mm-hmm. there it was on a Saturday, is that yeah, right? That's right. Uh did you receive was there much training or was there much Yeah,
2: they're very organized down there. So they brought you know there's a lot of people. So it's before Thanksgiving they get a lot of volunteers. One thing you'll find with I think any of the missions uh outreaches, um rescue mission type places, I think that at Thanksgiving and Christmas time, they have a lot of volunteers. You know, they get a lot. And uh, I I've seen that here uh, you know, in the past. And that's wonderful, but it's, it's a little bit of chaos because there's so many people, but it's organized chaos. I mean, they do a very good job of bringing everybody in and telling them this is what we're trying to accomplish today. Okay um, And here's how we're going to do it. And the people who have been doing it for a long time, like them, uh, restoration, they have a fantastic, uh, system, you know, they've got, everything laid out um they have it's a it's not a place that has a lot of big rooms. They have a lot of small rooms um and they're they're moving people through the rooms with a guide so every family that comes oh. in has a guide. the guide has a card with that family that tells them you know kind of what their needs are um what their okay. names are. Um, how many people are in their family. And, and they walk them through this system of, okay, here's we're going to go grab our uh, our stuffing and our potatoes and our cran- cranberry if you want them uh, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, and then you get your turkey. And then we have a, somebody that will drive you to your home with your food. But oh, great. Um, we can also walk you through and get, they had they had coats and hoodies that were donated this time. So that was kind of cool too, right? People could come through and grab a coat or coats for their kids. Um, they, they have a room with people that are willing to pray with them and talk to them about their needs that are, beyond food. So, uh yeah, it was a very organized great system uh and and they really moved a lot of people through there in a relatively short time. I mean, we I think we were there for 4 or 5 hours maybe. Um, okay. You know, and uh in in that time, I bet you boy there were hundreds of people that that received some uh, some help and some love okay. and uh some caring and some prayer. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, it was very cool. So,
1: uh, in other words, there wasn't an, any real specialized skill that you needed no. to, to participate oh great that's a great so that's, question yeah. yeah
2: no not at all uh willingness to, oh right just yeah. willingness
1: to be there yeah just to show up and
2: and to listen to the people there so i will mm-hmm. tell you it's funny because uh it's an environment where you have you you are in the middle of a, a community that has a lot of people in need um, a lot of people who don't have much and with my you know especially because there were so many people and the system had to really move people through as quickly as possible to not have any kind of bottlenecks in the lineup right at one point my kids noticed that one of the the people that's in charge was kinda of had to lay down the law and like this is the way we're gonna do it. And and a lot of times you get a lot of people that wanna say, Well, why don't we try this? And why don't we try that? And what but the truth is that these people have been doing it for a really long time. That's right. They're really good at it and they know exactly what needs to be done. So my my kids thought, Why, they were kinda of, they were kinda of harsh on the way that they put it down. And I said, Well that's that's the way to get this system working. And they they right. kind of tried you know, tried intrude method here uh on what on how they need to do it. And it was it was very effective. Very, very well done. So, that's great. Yeah. But no skills. There are pe- That's the point of my answer was there are people there who've been doing it and they know exactly what's needed. So all you need to do is be down there and be willing. Okay. And listen.
1: So no real specialized skill no. that was necessary. That's right. But it sounds like uh, for the four or five hours you were there, you felt like you had an impact and were at least a part of this process of... Showing these people God's love. Yeah, absolutely.
2: um, You and I talked a very little bit about this, but um, one of the things that was really great for my family to see, my kids, I mean, was they they didn't realize how, you know, and this is a small portion of our our community, but they didn't realize how many people were really that far in need. But when people are in line outside waiting to go through and get their stuff, we noticed, you know, there are a lot of babies Mm. that don't have coats, uh, that don't have shoes or socks, gloves. I mean, a lot of people that don't have gloves, people are in flip-flops. I mean, it was 20 degrees or less that morning. And, wow. And we're in Denver, right? So it gets, it gets very cold here. And when you realize <laughs> that right. I mean, they're in line to get food now, but what about next week when it's even colder, right? I mean, when, when there's snow on the ground, it, you know, these people really do have some needs. And I think it was really good for my, for my kids, my younger kids especially, to see um, that we can, we can have an impact in a very easy a doable way. I mean, we, the people that had donated the coat, the coats and hoodies, uh, there were also boxes of scarves and, you know, we didn't have socks, but we were able to go out in the line while they were waiting with my little kids and kind of wrap some babies' feet in, uh, in scarves and, um, give them, you know, little knit hats to put on wow. their heads. And that kind of stuff for my kids was phenomenal. It was great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, for a lot of us, that's really something. Cause for a lot of us, we don't even in America, we, it would be easy to not even know that there are those kinds of people who, right, for their babies, they just don't even have socks or shoes or for them. I mean, that's meeting a real need. Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. And so so you mentioned to me, as we were talking about this earlier, that really this was kind of like a relationship building type of a deal. Yeah. So this was not necessarily a an active time to share the gospel, but the hope is that those people are coming back and having an opportunity to develop a relationship with restoration outreach staff and so there was, Lord willing, there will be some yeah. kind of evangelistic part of this, right?
2: Yeah, no doubt. And they and definitely, you know, they do get to you know, they they do have a guide that is available to to talk with them and pray with them and share the gospel um, but then they also have these kind of prayer counselors prayer people there um, that are set up to do that to 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 be evangelistic in this outreach too so it's not missed in this outreach at all but it definitely is one of those things where i think they the a lot of the community that came to the outreach knows that they're there they know that they can get their needs met um but they also know that there's more to it um, Right? They definitely yeah I, I did find that they're these people are very interested in letting the community know that we 're here to help you because we want you to know Christ and we want to um, help you get to the next level in life, um, but the foundational uh, bedrock of that is is Jesus christ and that 's the number one thing we want to share with you and i do yeah I do think there were some opportunities for that throughout the morning there, but it is definitely a you know there 's a lot of people that need food and um, they are trying to move people through there, but definitely uh, sharing. The love of Christ, um, who he is, and then any time that they could get somebody to, to come over and share their needs uh, in prayer and things like that, they would always share Christ at that point for sure. Oh, yeah. that's
1: great. Yeah. That's but they great.
2: want them to keep coming back for sure.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so you know that they're that's their intent to have people come back. And, uh, they're, you know, they're wanting people to come back and develop a relationship. And, uh, so two last things I have as I've been thinking about this. One is that it seems like, um, you and I talking about this kind of corresponds with what I was telling you that it seems like God's doing in my own life. But, you know, with such a commitment to the great commission and with such a commitment to seeing people come to know Jesus, I've often Maybe, you know, I've often had the the perspective for sure that, you know, any project that we're doing, certainly there's got to be some kind of a gospel component to it, gospel presentation component to it. And as I was telling you, you know, I'm going through this. Um, so the slow march through the New Testament this year mm-hmm. in my own time with the Lord. And I came across just a couple weeks ago, this passage in first John chapter three, where John says, uh, if you see your brother in need, and you don't provide for them. If you shut them off, uh, you know, the love of God is, isn't even in you. Right. And so at least what it seems like God's been doing in my own life is obviously the gospel and presenting Jesus is important. Mm-hmm. But there's just some times where we're handing out food, we're handing out some things, and we're still showing God's love. And sometimes, particularly if you know that registration outreach is going to want these people coming back, sometimes that's okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think that's, I think that's true. Um, and I, I definitely, uh, would never want to slight the opportunity obviously to share the gospel message. Um, you know, I think it's important to do it at every, every, uh, juncture, but, um, I also do think that, um, sometimes the way that God is going to share his message is with you giving somebody something warm when it's cold. That's right. <laughs> you know, and, uh, yeah I don't we don't know how God works in those situations but I do think that if you pass by the obvious you may never get the opportunity to share the most important thing which is 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 Jesus obviously but I I, I think sometimes if, if somebody's got a baby that doesn't have any socks on their feet and you have a scarf you can wrap their feet in let's take care of the need of warming up that baby's feet uh, right and then allow God to put the right time and appropriate person In place to share Christ, Um, frankly, most of the people in this lineup didn't speak English. Oh, and I don't speak another language. And unless God was going to give me the gift of tongues right there on the spot, (laughs) right? um, I the only thing I could do is give them something warm you know, which was so cool that people provided some warm things to give away, so, oh right, yeah,
1: so then finally, for those that are listening who go, yeah clearly Ken and took his family with young kids, and that's probably something I could do too. what would your encouragement be in terms of involvement uh how easy or hard was it what what would your encouragement be for people who are listening
2: yeah, just just go do it I mean that's the encouragement is that it's uh and if you if you feel I would say that if you're if you feel uncomfortable with the idea of going down to a rescue mission, uh, in a part of town that you don't normally go to, then get, then leave your family at home the first time, uh, get a friend so that you're partnered up with somebody and, and go down and do it. I think you'll be surprised that one, I think the thing we always forget is that God is, has gone before you. That's right. God has gone before you. You have nothing to worry about, right? I mean, you have, you should go down and, and be amazed at what God's doing. That's what you should do. Um, but if you're uncomfortable with it, get somebody to go with you. Um, and then when you see, you'll go, wow, you know what? I can bring my family. I mean, I, I just, I find, I'm a super protective dad. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I, I find that in those situations, actually, I'm uh, I'm not worried at all about my family because, they uh I mean, god is clearly there god's clearly got things under control he's clearly taking care of uh his business and we're just there to do uh the things that he provides for us to do it's so right. it's so easy you know
1: that's great and i'm yeah. sure the impact on your kids too was yeah it was, it was significant tremendous. yeah absolutely yeah yep, it was great i mean just introducing kids to that kind of thing i think is so great and so yeah That's fantastic. Well, let's uh, break here just for a minute. And uh, when we come back, I'll share a little bit about my experience in China with our ministry, the China Resource Center. And uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll look forward to having you back here in a minute or two.
0: Hi, I'm Tom Muller. As a pastor or ministry leader, you know the value of having congregation members excited about God's work, both at home and abroad. Think about having a church full of people who know their place in God's great mission engaged to reach the world for Jesus. That's a church on fire. Or maybe you're a conference director looking for a dynamic speaker to come in and point people toward fulfilling the Great Commission in their lives. Mike Falkenstein would love to come and serve your church or conference by making a great speech to attendees on a Sunday morning or for a weekend event, making your event a huge success. Mike has a deep desire to make your job easier. Visit Mike's website at MikeFalkenstein.com and go to the speaking page to find out more about how you can have him come and serve you in this way.
2: Well, welcome back to our Made for Missions podcast. I am one of your hosts, Ken Watmore, here with Mike Falkenstein. Mike, we just talked about some things that my family experienced this yeah. last weekend and kind of our local level one easy entry point for missions work. And truly it is, you know, it was just really simple stuff um, on a on a grander scheme, um, maybe not necessarily a lot more difficult, um, but clearly in a, uh, in, in a way that most people are a little bit more fearful of going Maybe higher um, commitment. You, yeah. To yeah. yeah you something. just, yeah. you just got back from another trip to China That's right. Uh, with the China resource center. And, um, you know, I, I'm anxious to hear how this experience was. I know you got to bring your daughter with you. Yes, and, that's right. Uh, yeah. What an opportunity now you've brought all your kids over to China. Yeah, point. that's so right. Tell us about that. What, what did you go to do and, uh, and yeah. how was it? So of the two
1: projects that we do with China Resource Center, one of them has been a rural Bible distribution project. And so kind of the long story short about uh, that project, there are Christians in rural China who have Chinese who have come to know Christ, but they do not yet have a Bible of their own. Mm. And so, which, you know, for a lot of us, we think, gosh, I've got like 10 Bibles in my house or something, you know? So the thing about being a Christian, but not having a Bible is sometimes hard for us to comprehend. But so really what we do is we partner both with, uh, you know, the world's largest Bible printing facility is in China, in Nanjing, China. So that's a very safe, they're they printing 700,000 Chinese Bibles a month and very safe, reliable source for Bibles. Mm-hmm. The issue is for where they're for sale, uh, they don't get out to these rural areas. And so what we're doing is we're partnering with local Chinese leaders to Uh, They're the ones that assess kind of where the Bibles need to go, and then we just come along and just really what really my actual participation is, you know, we are physically handing people Bibles, but really in terms of the donor accountability piece, we we want to go out there and make sure that they're going to the places where they're supposed to be going, right? And so, yeah, and it was really fun. You know, my three, I've got three kids, and each of them have, I've, been doing these trips back and forth over the years. They've all obviously wanted to go with me and kind of see what Dad does in China, and so. But we've said you have to be at least twelve, just because there's train stations and crowds, and yeah, you know, you don't want to take a little five-year-old over again. Being a protective dad, yeah, myself, yeah. you know, so so yeah. So my youngest daughter Anna got to go with me, and she did really well. We had a great time together. It was kind of a fun, kind of a bonding time for us. I think for her, it really kind of put together. Things she had heard about, you know, about uh, China. Uh, It was kind of interesting, you know, of our three kids. She was the one that was probably the most sort of um, worried about going Mm. to China. And boy, once she got on the ground, she just did really well. You know, we have a couple of days in Beijing that we you know, we're tooling around and one day we go to the Great Wall. And part of that's just to kind of get over jet lag the first, those first couple of days. But she did really well in the Beijing subways. In fact, if you were to ask her, she'd say that was kind of one of her favorite things to do. Uh And so that was really fun. And then, you know, the Bible distribution itself uh, just went super smooth. And one of the things that we find in this, um, these distribution events is the Chinese who are receiving Bibles are so touched that mm. what they'll tell us is that they're so touched that we've come from so far away to give them something so precious, right? Right, as, as, as a Bible. So a lot of times there's weeping as they receive their Bible. And so mm. for my daughter to hand some of these Chinese friends, um, brothers, and sisters a Bible and to, and to see weeping. Mm-hmm. I think was very impactful for her in oh, particular, sure. you know, and so, but it's, and it's interesting though, cause in a lot of ways it's what you mentioned about your own kids. I mean, she saw, yeah, not everyone lives like we live here right. in South Denver, you uh-huh. know, number one, number two, though, uh, what we find in these rural areas is that despite their financial position, which mm. is low They're very happy people. I mean, they kind of, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but they have Jesus and that's really all they need, right? And so my daughters, we were kind of processing it together, kind of mentioned that too. It's kind of like, yeah, none of these people had cars or, you know, but they just seemed very content, you know? So so of course you hope that that seed planted continues to develop in her life as well, that yeah, really Jesus comes first, right? Hmm. And then... You know, all this other stuff can kind of come or go, but right, you kind of have what you really what you need in Jesus. So, yeah, it was a really good trip.
2: Yeah, when you talk about um, rural areas in China, I mean, it's not like we think of suburbs here in Denver, Littleton proper, right? I mean, or uh, anywhere in America where we talk about suburbs. You're talking about a little bit further out, right? A little bit maybe less uh, accessible. Uh, yeah, you know pr- provisions.
1: That's right. The way I've I've described it to people is that in kind of the the proximity or the lack thereof of kind of a major city, it'd be like going to rural Iowa or mm, okay. Nebraska. You know, there's just you know a lot of the areas that we go are either sort of cornfields. I mean, all the most overwhelmingly, the people who receive the Bibles are farmers. Uh-huh. So these are farming people. People who are used to you know working with their hands, probably the difference between rural Iowa and sort of rural China where we go, is that the infrastructure hasn't been built in the same way. So it's just harder to get to these places. Right. And so there are we didn't have this as much this time, but a lot in a lot of our distribution events. If there are roads, they're quite bumpy, and Mm -hmm. in fact, and sometimes inaccessible. So we've actually had to carry boxes of Bibles as far as a mile away to, you know, to get him to these, to these places. Actually, the Chinese sort of do us a service, um, in that, in that realm. So like with this distribution event, we were, we were going to places that were still fairly accessible and then they were, they said to a village church leader, if you need Bibles, come to that place. Right. But you know, they've got their little three wheeled scooters or, different things and they know how to kind of navigate that. And so we would right. just give them a box or two of Bibles. And then we'd still did a little ceremony where we watched them kind of going away. And I'm not, I'm not uh, in a, this a donor accountability that I mentioned. I'm not too worried about that because you know that the the Bible, if they've, if they've just driven their little scooter five miles through, you know, difficult terrain to get there, Right, They really wanted those Bibles, right, right? right? And they're also sort of tearing up a lot of times. And so, um, so, and that's a way that we can distribute, in, in this case, in three days, we distributed 7,500 Bibles. Yeah. And so at least in part, that's kind of how we're able to do that too, is that Bibles are going away in boxes of 25 or 50, mm-hmm. you know, and so, and I think it's actually a pretty efficient way to do it, so.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. And I think um, I, probably for for the listener, what maybe many of us would just say it's probably uncommon for many of our listeners uh, to, to think that people just don't have access to Bibles. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I love when you have told me in the past about these Bible distributions. That's probably one of the things that I think is— um, yeah. Just the coolest ministry i think what a lot of times you know we just talked about giving people what they need as far as clothing food and things that's like right. that. but you know a lot of times what better thing can you give them but god's breathed yeah, word that's right his, his living word that's right um, and we know it changes lives um mm-hmm. we know it draws people to christ uh just a, that's an amazing thing so i would ask you kind of what you asked me on that what would be your encouragement to the listener now we'd say that this is maybe a level you know, even three, four kind that's of right. missions, because you, you really that's do have right. to be committed to getting your uh, visa and planning out your trip and taking the time and doing all those things. Um, but that, if that's what God's calling you to do, then, you know, you got to listen to God and, and do it. What would be your encouragement to, to somebody who's thinking, boy, that's that's kind of tugging at my heart. That sounds like something I would like oh, to right. do.
1: Right. Well, it's in terms of overseas experiences, I would say it's kind of the the lowest of the levels, mm-hmm. right? Because really it's it's nine days, it's, you know, still living in fairly, I mean, we stayed, actually, the Holiday Inn Express chain has done yeah. <laughs> well in China, so we're staying there, you know, it's not really, you had a free breakfast, and, sure. you know, that kind of a thing, but, you know, so it is, It is. I think, a very great kind of next level kind of thing to do, because you still get the opportunity to to come see kind of what God's doing in some of these areas, mm-hmm. and so I guess my encouragement would be, you know, wouldn't have to be with our ministry in particular, but there are a lot of ministries who are doing what they call kind of like a vision trip or a, you know, just come and see type trip. And those, I think, can be real valuable. Um, I know in a future episode of this podcast, we'll talk about sort of searcher mission trips. And there's actually a lot of debate right now in kind of mission missionary circles about how effective they are. Mm. Um, th- in terms of the on the ground, if well done though i think they may not have a tr- tremendous impact in the country but just in you know i think in people's hearts yeah you know they have a great impact because then that a lot of times what god does is he uses that to, to uh
2: yeah, yeah i think he sends that i think the people that go uh, but we've, I, I know we've talked about this in this, in these circles over and over again, right? But the, the people who go are often blessed more than the people that they serve. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I, and I think that that's, I think God's got it set up that way. Right. I mean, I think he you, does too. Yeah. I mean, you are going to go and have a small impact where you go, but mm-hmm. a larger impact in your life. Uh, the more people that have that larger impact are going to go make a larger impact in those places. So, uh, that's it, right. It kind of continues to build on itself. I think.
1: Yeah, that's right. And you're right. And a lot of times when people do a trip like we've done, God really tugs on their hearts and that's how they end up doing sort of full-time overseas service. Or mm-hmm. that's why a lot of these uh, mission agencies do these kind of vision, come and see type trips. It's you know it's more for uh, what God might want to do in the individual's lives for future service a lot of times. And so yeah, my encouragement would be, you know, do those kinds of trips because I think just getting out of your out of not only out of your comfort zone but out of your country even, kind yeah. of what what you're what you're used to and what you're familiar with, is just very really good. I I know I've seen in the lives of people who've come with us, uh, not just my kids, that it God just tends to do some things in those types of things, and you see, even gosh, they worship Jesus in a different way, but. I mean, you can tell it's very authentic or, you know, I mean, you just see that things are just, you know, things work differently, but it's still all God honoring and it's all just really fantastic. So yeah, it was a, it was a great trip. And, uh, of course we're hopeful to. Uh, to do more of that.
2: We would love to hear, I know you feel the same, so I'm saying we, we would love, uh, if if people would reach out to us about maybe their missions experiences. Oh, yeah. Um, that would be great. I mean, you can find us both on Twitter. Um, you can go to uh, at Missions Mike. Um, that's right. You can right. go to the, can the Made for me. Missions mm-hmm. uh, site. I mean, uh, you can go to Mike Falkenstein. I mean, you can, you can find us. Uh, yeah, that's and, right. But at, at Missions Mike would be a great starting point Uh, to really start talking about some things that you've experienced or if you have questions about missions um, we would love to answer them or yes. find resources for you to answer them definitely um, so we're available and please uh, feel free to reach out to us and communicate with us about it because uh, i think uh, maybe the the greatest thing about the podcast and where we want to go with this is the interaction that we get from people who are listening and that's right um, and we want we can learn from you too so uh, so please reach out to us and then i'll leave it at that for you to tell us about our next yeah well thanks uh, for all series. of that because
1: that is very important and so yeah my website mikefalkenstein.com you know i know you're on twitter at ken Watmore. and so twitter is really turning out to be a real fantastic way to collaborate i think so yeah find us there as to the next uh series you know what we've been what i've been realizing i think as i've kind of gone down this journey is that there's just a a large sort of chunk of churches maybe in what we're talking about them in north america anyway that in every other way you would go and you'd think that that's a pretty good church, actually. They're doing some pretty neat things, and fellowship is clearly just really great, and kids are learning in the youth ministry, and yet there's kind of this chunk that they're just missing as it relates to sort of sort of greater, sort of what we may call a Great Commission involvement. And so uh, for now, I'm terming that sort of the, the Great commission church, and so we're just going to kind of investigate that, with the part with the idea that both for those pastors who are leading those churches where we want to encourage them to participate in the great commission and then for those that attend that kind of a church we want you to know hey that's not really god's plan for churches and so if you're in that church begin encouraging your leaders to participate more in the Great Commission, of course, we won't encourage folks to, uh, particularly maybe we're not going to. It's not about you know leaving churches necessarily, but 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 doubling back in and getting more involved in your church, and, and encourage them to to do it. So, can any last
2: thoughts from you? Uh, just on that upcoming series, I know we'll have more on it. Um, but I would say this: I I always tell my kids, if you're walking down the street and you see a piece of trash and you step over it then you kind of become just as responsible for it being there as the person who left it, right? I mean, oh, right. Um, you might not have put it there, but you saw it. You could have picked it up. Obviously, there's some limits to that, where that goes, right? Yeah, right. Uh, but, but at your church, if your church is not involved in missions or any kind of outreach now— then I believe that you have to make an effort to get them involved, or be the catalyst yourself to to do it. I mean, that's right. Head up a missions in your church. You you can you can head up a missions outreach uh, and invite people from your church, and that may be the way to get it started. But um, to let uh, your church body sit by and not do anything to serve their community, I think is, uh, absolutely wrong. Uh, mm, mm-hmm. so if you, if your church isn't doing something now, get them involved, be a part of making them in, into something greater, which I think God really sees for the, for his church body. Oh,
1: so. right. Great. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us. We've sure enjoyed, uh, putting together this podcast. Hopefully you're enjoying it. Hopefully it's been an encouragement to you. And, uh, we're very thankful that you're, uh, you're with us and listening. And again, as Ken mentioned, we'd love to hear back from you. So thanks so much appreciate you all and we'll look forward to seeing you here on the next episode of the Made for Missions podcast.